This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J.I.G. Subscribe, rate, and review. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Check us out. We're also on Instagram, That Guy Jig. But the NBA season is rolling. We are past the halfway point. We are past the halfway point, and I'm here to tell you something. I'm here to let you in on a little secret. Depending on if your team is in the East or the West, if your team's in the East, if they're not in the top 10, you are preparing You are preparing for the, for the draft. You're preparing for the offseason. You are watching the NBA season and fast forward. You don't want to rewind. And I, I can understand that. If you're in the West and you're in the top 12, you're okay. You're okay because of how deep the West is. And, you know, they're... You're one injury away from moving up. You're a trade away from moving up. So that's where we are in the NBA. In the NBA, we're at the point of, if you're good, you know it. You're showing it. You're trying to make your roster better. If you were injured, you're getting healthy. If you made trades, your teams are starting to, get, are starting to gel. If you're looking at the Clippers, you're looking at a team that's looking to make a run. That's a team in L.A. that's looking to make a run. The Clippers have figured it out. Ty Lue, I've said it, I'll say it again. He is the brains of the operation. When you have a guy like Ty Lue running the team, coaching the team, that matters. That matters. And that's why I give the Clippers an edge over teams like the Suns, over teams like the Lakers, like the Mavericks, like the Timberwolves. And I've been high on the Timberwolves. But I would give the Clippers the edge because of Ty Lue. Because of Ty Lue. And the Suns have been hot just like the Clippers. That Suns big three is an offensive juggernaut. I understand you bring in Frank Vogel. I understand he's supposed to be this defensive guy. But when you have those three, offense is your defense. When you have to score a guaranteed 110-115, we got a problem. And that's before the others start chipping in. That's before you get 10 here, 15 here, 8 here, 6 here. That's before that. The Suns are a team to watch out for. If they can find a way to get a little bit of depth, get a little more depth, they're going to be a problem. See, that's why the Clippers are good to me. They have depth. They have depth. But see, I said earlier, you're an injury away from things changing, from things really shifting. The powers shift. And that's what I mean for a team like the New York Knicks. See, the New York Knicks made a trade for OG. And I've been a very big fan of this trade. I've said it since the beginning that this is a great trade for the Knicks. The Knicks are hot, folks. They're the three seed in the East, looking to make a run. And when you play in a conference like the East, like I said, the only team out East that's truly proven themselves as a as a as a consistent contender, and even this team is not a consistent contender, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks because they have Giannis. The team that we want to depend on, the team we want to say is that team, the Boston Celtics, they can't do it. You just put a Miami Heat in front of them and you see. 
You see it every year. The Heat are a good team, but I would give the nod of the Knicks over the Heat. A healthy team, even though Julius Randle is going to be out for two to three weeks, I would put that more on the on the on the three week side just because of how Tom plays his starters, just because of how he rides them. And with All Star break coming up, he's going to get a little bit more extra time to rest. I like the Knicks if they can stand strong. We are really going to see this depth that I'm talking about. We are really about to see this depth that I'm talking about. If they can stand strong, if they can stand strong, we will see it. But as it stands right now, they are the three seed in the East. And with Joel Embiid getting hurt, with him going down, the Sixers will fall because the Sixers are not that good of a team without James Harden. And they're definitely not that good of a team without Joel Embiid. So the Sixers are about to go down. Their Sixers are about to fall. I understand why Kendrick Perkins said, you tank the rest of the season. Sit him. I understand that for the long haul. Because now that he's hurt, and he's been hurt, he's already been one of the most load-managed players in the NBA. So now he's hurt again. He's not going to get fully healthy if he keeps playing the season. I understand where Perk's coming from. You rest him, you get your pick, I mean, you know, of who you want. You got your draft capital, I mean, and, 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 and you got salary cap. It makes sense. But a team like New York, this is your window. With how the, with how the East is right now, the Knicks made a trade that not only upped their standings, it upped their potential, but it wasn't that much of a change. OG, that's why the that's why the Raptors were commanding so much for OG. Because OG, he's a he's a he's a glue guy, but he's a hot glue guy. He's not just a regular glue guy. He's a hot glue guy. You you apply him and he works instantly because of how he plays. Three and D, and then from there, hey, we'll see. We'll see from there. But when you have with when you have a Jalen Brunson, when you have a, uh, a Julius Randle, when you have the way these two guys play, the dog and these two, then you know OG's a great third to play off of them. And really, he's a great four. If the Knicks are able to bring in another star or bring in somebody else in the offseason, watch out. But it's going to be dependent on this run. And I think the Knicks have something brewing. They have something brewing. Watch out for the Knicks. I could see them making it out the East. Just because of how they play, you know they're going to play defense. In the playoffs, you have to play defense. You know the New York Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, you know he's going to play defense. If that's one thing they're going to do, they're going to play defense. And I think the Knicks have a chance. I think the Knicks, I think we have a chance of seeing a Knicks-Clippers NBA Finals. Unless we see trades going down, I could see it. Knicks-Clippers NBA Finals. I could see it. But speaking of trades, this team right here, since winning the in-season tournament, since putting that damn banner in the wrap, and listen, I am not a Laker fan. I don't have any respect for that organization. I'm just kidding. I have respect of the organization as far as a, a, a fan of the game of basketball. Do I like the organization? Hell no. I do not. I don't understand why they put that banner up because I thought, only championship banners go in there. They don't even put conference championships. I understand why you do it for the NBA look, but I think it should come down at the end of the season to keep tradition alive. 
Because right now you're 24 and 25. You're ninth in the West. You're two games, uh, you, you know, you, you're two games from being out of the play-in. That's how close the West is. You're on a two-game losing streak, about to be three. LeBron James is not playing. Anthony Davis is not playing against the Celtics. They're five and five in their last ten. This is not good. There's trouble in Hollywood. But I kind of feel like this is something that happens a lot. You know, this is this is when you see LA make a trade and they end up getting a guy like Kyrie. They end up getting some guy that they weren't supposed to get. Because right now I'm hearing D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves are, you know, they don't want to put Reeves, but D'Angelo Russell is available. Murray from the Hawks, Dinwiddie from the Nets. These are guys that have been tied. But I can see them making some type of run for something bigger. They'll be able to trick some franchise into taking D'Angelo Russell's terrible contract. They'll put Vanderbilt in there. They'll put Rui. They'll put some, you know, Max Christie. They'll put some, you know, they'll put some youth in there. Remember, they only have one future first-round draft pick available right now. Until draft day, when they get three, they only have one first-round pick, and that's huge. They're going to have to use that. If they don't put Austin Reeves on the table, that first-round pick is going to have to be gone. So that's why D'Angelo Russell's contract is okay. But after what he did in Atlanta, I don't think you can trade him into Atlanta. I don't think Murray goes to the Lakers. Who can the Lakers give up to get him other than other than Reeves? D'Angelo Russell shit the bed. His stock just went down. Those fans were chanting, we don't want you. We don't want you. They were saying, hey, hey, move that shit out the way. <laughs> they don't want him. So that's, I, I think, I think, I think Russell, I, I mean, I think uh, Murray could be done as far as that going on to LA. So now you have to really start looking around and thinking about some of these teams that are lower in the seedings, lower in the standings, that can give up a guard, that are looking to give up a ball. And that's where I look at a guy like, <clears throat> this is going to sound crazy. I look at guys like Jordan Poole. I look at guys like, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. These are guys, especially for the Bulls, because the Bulls are in no man's land. The Bulls are not a good basketball team. And this is why I laugh when people say the East is a good conference. The East is not a good conference. The Chicago Bulls are in the play-in. That's not a good team. Chicago Bulls are 23-26, and 26, and they're in a damn play-in game. There's only two teams below 500, and they're one game below 500. The Chicago Bulls, they're three games below 500. So I don't understand what the hell they're doing, so I... I look at a Zach Levine. I look at it. I mean, it's hard for teams to trade within the conference. So you look at, I mean, a Colin Sexton, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a maybe a reunion with Jordan Clarkson. It's going to be hard to pry Kyrie Irving from Dallas, even though Dallas is going downwards right now. I could see, that's why I say Kyrie Irving and LeBron could re, re, reunite this year. If there's any year to do it, it's going to be this year. Just because of the Lakers ain't got no damn choice. They have no choice. What, what, what is going on in L.A. is crazy. 
You have LeBron James still playing at tip-top performance. Anthony Davis is giving you a lot of games. I will give him that. He, he is giving you a lot of games this year. And he's giving you consistent play. And I will also give him that. So, you, so your two stars are doing it. And like I've said before, we are in the era of two stars. And you get a bunch of role players to do their thing. That's why teams like the Clippers and the Suns have to take advantage of being able to have those rosters while they do. Because you have three you have three legitimate superstars on your team. You have three legitimate all-stars on your team. That's why those two rosters are so high on my list. Because when you look at the le- the, the rest of the landscape in the NBA, you have two good suit you have two good players and you have a great role players around them. The Lakers do not have great role players around. Listen, I believe it was Stephen A. Smith who said it earlier, earlier in the week or earlier in the month. If D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves actually played up to their potential, the Lakers could be scary. The Lakers wouldn't need these trades if those two consistently showed up. But here's but here's another one for you. Here's another one for you. Everybody wants to pick on D'Lo. Everybody wants to pick on D'Angelo Russell. But you know what? The Lakers gave a lot of money to Gabe Vincent this offseason. And where the hell has he been? Oh, Jig, he's hurt. Availability is the best ability, folks. Availability is the best ability. How can you help me with shooting if you aren't available? Is that not what the Lakers are struggling with is shooting? What did you bring in Gabe Vincent for? You didn't bring him in for anything other than shooting. And he can't give you that because he's not on the floor. But everybody wants to blame D'Angelo Russell. Everyone wants to blame Austin Reeves. I get it. They're supposed to be doing more. I understand that. But let's let's paint the full picture. Also, this is a terrible roster. You look at this roster, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Even with those two, Ty, Tyron Prince, all due respect to Tyron Prince, and I know that he could shut down any local pickup game in America. I know that he could go to any Drew League and any summer league in America and drop 40 points. I know he's part of the five percentile of the whole entire world. I get it. Why the hell is he starting? Tyron Prince is in your starting lineup. In a game where you have to score points, in a game where people are scoring 70 points every day, 60 points and just laughing about it, laughing, giggling, having hee-hee-ha-has, in, 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 in the era of the NBA where the offensive side is glorified, Tyron Prince is, is in your starting five. That's, that's, that's a problem. That is a problem. Cam Reddish, what did you bring him in for? If you're not going to play him, but also he can't be healthy. Availability is the best ability. This roster is dog shit. This is why LeBron James is putting hourglasses and cryptic tweets on on Twitter, on, on X, formerly known Twitter. This is why. This is why the Laker Nation wants Darvin Ham's head. 
They want the ham served. They want the swine. I don't know why. I get it, though. An organization built on championships, an organization built on selling everything you have just to hold up one championship per decade. That's what the Lakers are about, folks. I want you to understand that. The Lakers do not care what they have to do, who they have to trade, but they will get that championship. Hey, if you're into that type of deal, if you're into that type of story, be a fan. Purple and gold, baby. Laker Nation. Let's do it. Palm trees and weed, baby. But if you, I mean, me personally, you know what I say. You know what you know what I say. I ain't going to say it right now. But that is that's what's going to happen, folks. Either they do it this year and they get LeBron back and they say, "Hey, come back after draft day. We're about to go completely bonkers. We're going to sell everything but you and Anthony Davis. We're going to get you a brand new team, a brand new coach, which let's be completely honest with ourselves. This can happen. This can 100% happen. It's all about what LeBron says. If LeBron looks at them and says, you know what? We're not going to be able to do what we want this, this, this trade deadline. Because if you ask a guy like me, I don't think anybody takes that shit. But I have named a couple teams that look like they could. Because of how their season is going versus expectations. So when I look at what the Lakers could do. If they wait, they have more options. You wait to the end of the season, you see all the free agents, you start going out there, you make moves. Because right now, it's ugly. But you know it's coming, folks. I'm, and if you don't, now you know. I'm telling you, it's coming. The fluffer is on the way. This is the fluffer part. This is the fluffer right here. We are, we are in the scene of the fluffer. The Lakers are just getting it ready. Because I'm telling you they're going to sell the whole house and empire to win a championship if they have to. Do not, do not think, do not think this franchise won't do that. If there's any franchise that will slip their wrist and put the blood inside the iron and drink it, it's them. It's the Lakers. So be prepared. Moving on. There's been big talk this week. There's been big talk about the 65-game rule. With Joel Embiid getting hurt, Draymond Green came out and said it was bullshit that he had to play. He forced himself to play because he has to play 65 games to win MVP and defensive player. I think Draymond should shut the hell up and sit this one out. Listen, the reason there's a 65-game rule in place is because players take advantage of it. And this is going to sound like one of them old school rants, folks. But I'm here to tell you the truth. That's why. I'm here to tell you the truth. When, listen, when I grew up, when I grew up, when I was a young boy, I never had to worry about LeBron, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowinski, Sometimes he was a little injury prone. Paul Pierce, you know, 
I never really had to worry about those guys missing injuries. And I'm going to take it a step further. Tracy McGrady, Brandon Roy, two of the two of the two of the superstars that people say, you know, if they had better injury, I mean, uh, injury luck, they would have been around longer. Even guys like that who had known injury history, they didn't miss games. You don't have to worry about buying a ticket to go see Chris Paul play, and you don't have to worry about him missing the game. You didn't have to worry about players wanting to sit, Kevin Garnett wanting to sit out. You didn't have to worry about that. You didn't have to worry about LaMarcus Aldridge wanting to sit out. You didn't have to worry about Jermaine O'Neal wanting to sit out for the Pacers. You didn't have to worry about that. You knew you were going to get quality matchups. Here we are in 2024, nationally televised game. We're about to watch the Lakers and the Celtics, two rivaled franchises, two, two of the, the two most winning franchises in NBA history, Larry and Magic. We're about to watch this game with no LeBron James and no Anthony Davis because they're hurt. Huh. It's interesting. Yes, I did have air quotations. Anthony Davis did have a hip injury, whatever. But my point is, back in the, you know, they were, players were more likely to play. They were more likely to play. And don't give me this crap about the physicality of the game. There's no, it's not as physical as it was back then. See, this is why people of that era have a leg to stand on. Because the game was indeed more physical and everybody still played. You didn't have to worry about Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups. You didn't have to worry about these guys missing games, dude. You didn't have to worry about people going against these guys and then missing games. Dwayne Wade going against them, getting his ass kicked. Hey, still, still out there. We're still out there. I'm talking about players that were get, players that are injury prone. Still played. Russell Westbrook. I didn't have to worry about seeing Russell Westbrook play. I ain't got to worry about if Kevin Durant's going to play. The players who are most upset about this, and Draymond, he I mean, I feel like Draymond is just speaking from the heart, and he, he's entitled to his opinion, as I am to mine. I think his opinion is wrong. Because when you look at players like Paul George, when you look at players like Kawhi Leonard, who since have joined the, the, the Clippers, this is since being on the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard has has missed 147 games. Kawhi Leonard has not played more than 60 games in a season since 2016. Kawhi Leonard, since playing with the Clippers, has played 57 games, 52 games, and missed a whole season. Zion Williams, in his first season in the NBA, played 29 games. He then played 61, and then he missed the entire season. Till this day, Zion does not play back-to-back. Kawhi Leonard does not play back-to-back. Joel Embiid missed his first two seasons in the NBA. Trust the process. Listen, don't get me started. There's a reason why there's a 65-game rule in place. Why are we giving awards to guys who don't play? That doesn't make any sense. That does not make any sense. I heard people complain when the Miami Heat won a championship because the season was short. But here we are. We want to give awards to players who only play 30 games a season. Kawhi Leonard has has almost missed 50% of his games as a Clipper. That is wild. 
Kyrie Irving has has played has played 74 games in about 3 seasons. Not including this season. Anthony Davis, he's missed games. I'm telling you there's a reason why it's in effect and I'm for it. What are we giving awards for if people don't play? That doesn't make any sense. If a team didn't play their full season, but they still go went to the playoffs, how like how would we feel about that? That's interesting. The playoffs are the ultimate team award. Well, for some of these guys, the MVP is the ultimate award because they are not winning a championship. Joel Embiid is one of them. He will have to leave the 76ers if he wants the chip. I don't see anybody coming to go play with him. He already had Jimmy Butler. He already had Ben. He already had James Harden. He had Doc Rivers, too. That's about three Hall of Famers right there. And here we are. So I am I am here for this. I'm here for the I'm here for the 65 game rule. Give me players playing. Too many times in today's Bass NBA, we see fans holding up signs. I flew here from here. I flew here from there. Where's where's Jimmy Butler? Where's LaMelo Ball? I mean, these players mean something to somebody, and, and they're not playing. For whatever reason, I get it. Listen, if you're truly injured, I, I, I'm with you, my guy. If you're truly injured. If you're truly injured. But some, of this, but some of these people, some of these players, could definitely do it. I'm not really talking about the guys that are hurt. I'm talking about the load management. The load management, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And here we go. This is two of the three. We got more dropping. We got the NFL coming up. We got Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. We got the NCAA getting sued by Tennessee. That's going to get real. And it's been real. And this is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. And I am him, J-I-G. Make sure we get a subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend, folks. Tell a friend and tell a friend. And we can be friends. And I'm out. Peace.